Hi, this is Michelle with Moms Letting Go Without Giving Up. If you're the mom of an addicted loved one, you're in the right place. I bring a little bit of information and support to you on this journey. It's such a difficult journey. Um, if you're not a part of our Facebook group, please um, go to the private group. Um, on Facebook, it's called Moms Letting Go, all one word without any spaces. <clears throat> I look forward to seeing you there if you're not there already. So today, I'm going to be talking about boundaries. Boundaries. Um, boundaries are the key to respect and peace. In my podcast, you will hear information that I have gathered on my journey. I'm not a counselor and I'm not a physician. I'm a mom of an addicted loved one who is in recovery. Uh, he's almost 17 months now into recovery and things are getting a lot better. But I will tell you that the journey is very long and um, he's continuing to grow in his recovery, but he also still has a long way to go. Um, my goal is to help you find joy in your life despite the choices of your loved one. And um, I hope that you know you can take what you want, the information I share, and that information that doesn't resonate with you, um, you can just leave it, right? So you get to decide and um, no, there's never any judging because everybody's situation is different and we just strive to be supportive in, in what we do. And if you don't know who I am, um, we've been struggling with addiction in our family for well, off and on for probably 15 years. Some of that we didn't realize how bad it was. Um, I spent years writing fiction and being, becoming a published author and switched over to this ministry because I felt like it was where God was leading me at the time and, and still is. So um, I also love to play pickleball. So if there are any listeners there who are playing pickleball, um, reach out to me because, man, I'm, I'm all about it. That's my addiction anyway. So I want you to think about what has been the most difficult boundary for you to enforce with your loved one. What has that been? You know, has it been to say no to gas in the car, to pay in the phone bill? I hear a lot of moms say, well, I pay for his phone bill because it's the only link to me and I need to make sure he's okay. But then I've heard another mom say that she's bought her son five phones in one year because they get broke, they get stolen, um, all those things that happen because of addiction, right? All those things happen to the phone that ordinarily a sober person wouldn't have happen. They would be taking better care of their things. Um, so, so many things that um, happen with our addicted loved ones happen as a result of their using but, um, and other people say, I know for us, for a long time, um, we'd let them live in a place we owned rent-free because 
you know, they, they had so many difficulties and we just wanted to keep the family together, the kids living with them and, you know, be supportive that way. But what happens a lot of times is if we, if we don't set the boundaries, well, if we set the boundaries, we have to enforce them, right? And if we don't enforce them, then um, it just takes them longer to get into recovery. And I can see that now because I'm looking back on 15 years, but at the time I thought um, I was choosing the right boundary, and we do. We just think we're doing the right thing. Nobody can tell you um, what's right or wrong. But ask yourself, what's the most difficult thing to enforce? What boundary is really hard for you? Because we're going to talk about that a little today. And I, and I want to tell you a story. Um, our grandchildren are still living with us. They're 10 and 15. And they are on a water ski show team. So every spring, summer, fall, they ski and perform on water. And one of the things they do is the girls get up on the guy's shoulders while the guys are skiing and they they wear costumes and they pose and they do acrobats and things like that. Well, there was this one day last year that Addie, who was nine at the time, came home and she was crying and she said she had bruises all over her legs from skiing. And I said, well, wait a minute, because typically it's always safety first and, um, they don't fall very often. I said, well, wait, what, what's going on? What happened? And she said, well, you know, my cousin wanted somebody to go on his shoulders. And, but her cousin's her age. He's only a little bit older than her. So he's only 10 maybe at the time. And she said, nobody wanted to go on his shoulders. And I felt sorry for him. So I went on his shoulders. I said, oh, okay. Um, and she said, she did it four times. I said, four times you went on his shoulders and you fell after every single time and you hurt yourself. And it was your, your um, responsibility to do that because you didn't want to hurt his feelings. <laughs> so maybe you can see where I'm going with this. But moms, Children have trouble understanding where boundaries are, too, and it's up to us to teach them, right? So I said, well, Addie, what should you have done? And she said, I don't know. She's crying, and I said, no, 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 I want you to really think about what, what were your choices. I don't know. And so I said, I took my hand, and I just banged it on the countertop, and I said, you could have said no. And I think that I scared her so much, and I kind of sort of wanted to, because um, she's a people pleaser, and I'm on a journey to teach her that it's okay to say no. You don't have to please everybody. You have to please yourself. Yourself. You have to be true to who you are. And I said, so let's talk about it. What would happen if you had said no? Well, you know, he would have been upset, he would have been angry, he would have cried. Okay, so who owns those feelings? He does, right? He is in charge of his feelings, and we can't help him through that. He has to own his own feelings. And I said, if you had said no, then maybe you wouldn't have been all bruised up, right? And you didn't really want to do it, so what was it that motivated you to do it? 
So we really, I mean, I think she was so sick of me talking about it. But, moms, here's the point. Like, it's the same thing with our adult children who are using. You know, we're going to get hurt over and over again. But guess what? We have a choice. We can say no. We aren't in charge of how they feel. We can feel awful that they're going through this and that they're having a rough time. But in the end, they have to own it. They have to be the ones who come back to their own feelings and learn how to live with whatever it is they're coping with. So there's life lessons everywhere with boundaries. And, and you know, we all, we all struggle with it. It's not just a nine-year-old. And um, it's, it's every one of us. Some people are just better at it. But if you look at a, if you, if you drive by a horse farm and you see a horse inside the fence, I want you to look at that fence as a boundary. That fence is keeping that horse safe, but he's also that fence is helping keep us safe. Because if you're driving by that farm and there's no fence around that horse, there's nothing stopping that horse from running right out in front of you and, you know, slamming into your car and killing you, right? So boundaries are very important for both parties, not just yourself, but they're good for your addicted loved one too. They're going to keep them in check with their lives. So here's here's some, um, I want to share eight signs that you might lack boundaries. So I just kind of think into these. If you fail to speak up when you're mistreated, so in Addie's case, she kept falling, but she didn't speak up. You give away too much of your time. Maybe you've heard yourself say, I'm always doing stuff for everybody else, or I never have time for myself. If you hear yourself saying that, that there's a good chance that you lack boundaries. If you um, overshare details of your life with others, it could mean that you need a support group, but um, that could mean, too, that you're just not sure of where, where those boundaries are. Um, if you have chronic fear about what others think of you, if you agree, even though you disagree. So in Addie's case, she, she agreed to go on her cousin's shoulders and out on the water, but she didn't really want to do it. You attract people who try to control you or dominate you. Maybe you can look in your past and maybe your past friendships, your your um, marriage even, you know, ask yourself, you know, are you lacking boundaries? Um, you give away too much of your time. You feel taken for granted by others or you feel guilty for dedicating time to yourself. When you take time out for yourself, you feel guilty because you feel like you should be doing it for other people. And maybe some of these, I'm going to um, have you think about some of this, too. Do you feel like people take advantage of you or use your emotions for their own gain, especially your addicted loved one? Because what happens is the crisis keeps repeating. If you listen to my um, video on what roles do you play, each time something happens in your addict's life, the crisis gets bigger and bigger, and eventually your your loved one will know how to get what he or she wants from you um, by taking advantage of your emotions. So pay attention to that. Do you feel like you're saving 
your addicted loved one and fixing his problems all the time? Do you find yourself sucked into pointless fighting or debating regularly? And even though you tell people, I can't stand drama, you feel like you're in the middle of drama all the time. And maybe you're tempted to help or give in to your boundaries because you want to see your child in a successful job or maybe in a better relationship with his child or his spouse or his friends. And so you try to arrange things so, you know, you can you feel like you're kind of guiding them. You're kind of saying, oh, here, this is what you should do. But in, in essence, if, if they really are their age, and we know they act younger than their age, but if you treat a 32-year-old like a 16-year-old, he's never going to be 32, right? So you have to really uh, start at some point to treat them as an adult. So what's the definition of a boundary? A boundary is a definitive place, definite place, where your your responsibility ends and another person begins. It stops, having boundaries stops you from doing things for others that they should be doing for themselves. And a boundary can prevent you from rescuing somebody from the consequences of their destructive behavior that they need to experience in order to grow. So if we think about, oh, I have to set a boundary and I have to enforce that boundary because if I do that, then my son will have to, you know, take take the consequences of his behavior because that's the only way that they can experience you know, grow and learn from that. We can't lecture them and, and teach it. They have to experience. So much of life is experiential. It's just going to have more impact. Henry Cloud wrote this book, Boundaries. And if you've, if you've never read it uh, and you really struggle with boundaries, I highly recommend it. I'm sure it's also an audiobook. I don't know Henry Cloud, but... He said, and this is a quote, you get what you tolerate. You get what you tolerate. So what are you tolerating, Mom? If if you say, I'm just so sick and tired, well, why are you tolerating it? Where are your boundaries? Who says it's your job to continually take it, right? Here's another, um, when people set boundaries with you, and maybe you can think of a friend, or a loved one who set boundaries with you. And if you think about it, they want to continue a relationship with you. It's not their attempt to hurt you, but it's their attempt to continue the relationship but to show you, here's here's where I, I stop and you start. Like, this is me and that's you, and we have to separate that. Setting boundaries doesn't mean that, that you're mean, So I found this meme, and I just love it. Um, Quote, I can set limits and expectations for my life and still be nice. Considering your wishes doesn't mean I have to do what you think I should do. My feelings and thoughts are part of the decision. And if you don't like it, that belongs to you. I just love this. I think I might share this again on the Facebook. 
Um, because I think if we can recite this while we're setting boundaries, because sometimes boundaries are just so, so hard for us, um, because it does feel like we're being mean, um, that it'll help. It'll help. My, my mom, when she used to cook in the kitchen, used to say, okay, everybody out of the kitchen. She couldn't handle like everybody in there while she was cooking because she couldn't multitask that way. And I always took it personally, and I, I hated that. I, I felt hurt. I felt offended. And so now um, I don't set boundaries in my kitchen when I should because I'm afraid I'm going to hurt somebody. So understanding, you know, if you're having trouble setting a boundary, what in your past is getting in the way of that? Can you think of a memory that... Um, maybe you experienced and you're like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that because that really hurt me because there, right there, if you study that, my guess is that you're going to find something that um, is going to open a door to understanding why you're struggling with setting that boundary. So I'm going to say this um, meme again, setting boundaries doesn't make me mean I, I can set limits and expectations for my life and still be nice. Considering your wishes doesn't mean I have to do what you think I should do. My feelings and thoughts are part of the decision. And if you don't like it, that belongs to you. So if Addie had said no to her cousin, his feelings belonged to him. It wasn't up to her to be in charge of how he felt. So if you're a journaling sort, I highly recommend that you sit down and you um, journal a little bit about which boundaries are you struggling to enforce. List those. What's getting in the way of you enforcing those boundaries? And just purge on the paper. Just spew it out. Um, over so I was just talking about journaling and recommending if you are somebody who likes to journal start with listing your boundaries that you're struggling with what are those what's getting in the way of you enforcing those boundaries and what do you think the consequences will be if you set those limits um, what's your greatest fear if you set that boundary? What do you think is going to happen? And what can you do to overcome that fear? I think most moms, their greatest fear is their son or daughter is going to die of an overdose. Um, Ed, maybe that's you. 99% uh, of the moms on the Facebook page said that was their greatest fear. But in the end, we're not in control of that. However, if there's a boundary that you think is going to, you know, you're just going to let to the wayside um, because you think you can help prevent that from happening, nobody's going to stop you from that. It certainly won't be me. But I'd like to um, help you just think into that and understand that in life, as you know, we're not in control. Only God has a plan, and we don't know what that is. 
and it's it's very instinctual and um, part of mothering and maternal for us to want our children to live a long and good and healthy life. So, but sit down and, and journal about it because I think you will learn something about yourself through doing doing something. Um, here's another tip, or you'll learn something from journaling and looking back on that, I promise. Here's another tip. There's a difference between responding to our addicted loved one and reacting, okay? So when you react to something somebody says or does, you may be emotionally triggered, and that's in my next podcast coming up. We're going to be talking about triggers. But when you respond, you remain in control with options and choices. You're able to step away, regain control of yourself. So your addicted loved one can't force you to do something you don't want to say or do. So in Addie's case, she could have even said to her cousin, well, I want to think about it for a little while. I'm not sure I want to do that, right? And then she's not just reacting to his emotion. She's giving herself space. Um, You can do the same. When your addicted loved one calls you in the middle of the night, you can set a boundary. I'm sorry, I'm sleeping right now. Unless you're bleeding or dead or whatever or dying, you know, um, I I think I'll have to address this in the morning. I'm sure you'll understand. I have to work tomorrow or whatever. Um, Because a lot of times they're they're not even cognizant of it day or night. It's, It's part of the disease of using but when you if you react your adrenaline is going to spike you're going to be angry um, whenever that happens it's it's a sign it's it's your body telling you that boundaries are being broken so um, think to yourself how can I respond instead of react and find a place in your mind where you can do that. And it's okay to say, well, you know, I really have to think about that. I'm sorry that's happening. Yeah, that sounds really tough. Yeah, you're in a bad spot. Yeah, oh, okay. Well, I, I think I'm going to try to sleep, you know, until the morning. And um, I'll get back with you then. And, of course, you're not going to sleep. But what you're saying is you're setting a boundary. Please don't call me in the middle of the night. Um, okay. So why do you need boundaries, okay, if for our emotional health? We set boundaries for our emotional health so that others will respect us and to design the kind of relationships we want. If you want a relationship with somebody that is healthy, that is calm, that is loving, and giving, it's not going to be full of unhealthy feelings and tears and emotions that just wreak havoc on our bodies and on our self-care, right? So even in the scenario where your child, even if your addicted loved one calls you in the middle of the day, right? I mean, it's always upsetting. In the middle of the night when you're losing sleep, it's even worse because then you can't fall back to sleep or function the next day. But do you see what I mean about your emotional health? You could be having a great day and you just see that child's phone number pop up on your phone and you're, you've lost it, right? 
But you have a choice. You can respond or you can react. Find a way to respond. Um, here's another thing to really practice. Can you say no without giving a reason or an excuse? Why do we always feel so bad when we say no? Why do we feel like we have to give the other person an excuse or reason? Well, I can only speak for myself. When I tell somebody no, I always feel like I need to qualify. Well, no, I, I'm sorry. Right, right away, I'm apologizing. No, I'm sorry. I can't do that because I have a conflict. Or I might even say, I might even give them the reason why I can't do it. When really, um, our boundary is just no, no. So try to practice without giving an excuse, a reason, um, and say that. Find somebody that you can say it to out loud. Practice with your spouse, with a loved one. Um, Express your new boundary. So if you made that list and right at the top, you know you need to say no to something that your loved one is always asking you for and you're not going to do it anymore because it's, it hasn't worked, right? And you're not insane because the definition of insanity is doing it over and over again and, and expecting there to be different results when there's never different results. So Find that one boundary and then share with your partner, I am going to establish this new boundary. Can you help me? I want to practice saying it out loud and pretend that you're speaking to your, your child, okay, and don't apologize. So here are just a few tips to overcoming um, weak boundaries. Home in on when you're anxious or stressed. Sit there in your feelings. What changed? Why do you feel this way? What, what, what's making you feel stressed out? What are you going to do? What can you control? So if you decide what you want and put yourself first, love yourself, then you can express that boundary to your loved one. You don't need to explain or apologize. You might feel guilty. I know I, I'm, I'm the queen of that. Um, but we don't own their feelings, and we shouldn't feel guilty for wanting to maintain our healthy boundaries. If your addicted loved one reacts, practice respectful responses. So if your addicted loved one reacts, so in other words, if your boundary, if saying no triggers your addicted loved one and they fly off the handle and they throw something and you don't love me, I thought you cared, you know, and they say all those things because, of course, in the past it's worked for them to get what they want afterwards, um, you'll have to just find a way to choose calm, okay? Oh, I'm sorry. I don't here I go apologizing but no say I'm going to leave now I'm going to choose not to engage when you are in this frame of mind I'm, I'm going to choose calm I'll speak with you when um, 
I've had time to think about it, when you've had time to think about it, or whatever. But just choose calm. Don't react. Just respond. Set your boundary. I love you, honey. I'm praying for you every day. And and the call and the contact, whatever it is you have to do. I, I, I hope and pray that um, this has helped you just kind of introspectively think about your boundaries. And maybe you can um, share on the Facebook page, you guys, I want to establish this, implement this new boundary. It's something new I haven't done before. I'm nervous. Um, I'm, I'm just going to list this right here on the page. And I can you hold me accountable? I'm going to see my child and I'm hoping to say it on this day or whatever it is that you need help or support with. Share it in the group and um, ask for what you need. So um, meanwhile, on your journey, stay well and know that you are not alone and there is hope.